You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, before we get into this week's episode with EJ Raddick from NHL Network, I am proud to announce that we have officially cracked... 1,000 followers on Twitter. I am beyond ecstatic. I can't believe I've gotten to this point. When we started this podcast, it was just me and my friend Kyriakos from from college. We're doing this podcast just for fun, just for shits and giggles. And all of a sudden, Kyriakos leaves over the summer because he he was busy. And uh, I love him to death. If it weren't for him, we'd never been able to get this podcast started. But I am happy to say that Ice Cold Takes is here to stay. I love doing this. I love interacting with fans. I love talking to guests. And recently, I have become more ambitious than ever in getting guests on for the podcast. You might have seen me tag Kevin Weeks on there a couple times. I got Mike Rupp last week, EJ Raddick this week. Now I'm starting to, you know... Ask Dominic Moore if he's going to come on. Dominic Moore would be insane. I would love that. And I don't want to stop doing recording the Ice Cold Takes podcast anytime soon. So I love doing it and just wanted to thank everybody who's a fellow listener who listens every week. I love you guys. You guys are the best. And if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here. Now for a quick word from our sponsor, Audible. Audible is the best provider of your favorite books in audio form so you can listen on the train on the plane, or in the car on the way home from work. There are thousands of titles available to download, but for me, I'm eyeballing One Game at a Time by Harnarayan Singh. To start your 30-day free trial, visit audibletrial.com slash icecold. That's audibletrial.com slash icecold. Now it's time for the episode. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello everyone, welcome to the Ice Cold Takes Podcast. I'm your host, Joey DeMeglio, and this week I'm joined by EJ Raddick from NHL Network. EJ is the host of NHL Now, and if you listen to Don LaGreca's podcast, The Game is Conduct, you might have heard him there more than a few times. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been on uh, Donnie's podcast many, many times. Donnie and I worked together on the original it was originally the show I do now was originally called NHL Live, and it was first a radio show, and then it was a simulcast, and then eventually it became a TV show and kind of morphed into what it is now. But Don and I worked together for a couple of years, and he's just a wonderful guy. He's become a good friend, and we had I thought we had great chemistry together, and fans really enjoyed it. So uh, that was one of the, one of the more enjoyable assignments that I've ever had in my career, and. Now, from time to time, we kind of chop it up a little bit on his podcast. And so uh, it's always good to, to spend some time with Don. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, Don just came back for, with his podcast. He took a little hiatus. And it's good to see that yep. he's back. I listened to that episode. Very good. Uh, so I listened to a few episodes where you appear on there. And I yeah. really enjoyed them. So uh, you guys seem like really good friends outside of talking about hockey. And I've had Don on before. And I've talked to yeah. him uh, previously. 
So I wanted to know, like, how did that relationship start? Like, how long have you guys been friends for? Well, actually, I never liked him, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'm joking. I'm obviously joking. Uh, uh, Yeah, we we got together, like, uh, you know, when I started doing, going over to Sirius XM Radio and filling in, it was like, you know, I would say it was probably in the, you know, mid 2000s, 2004, 2003, 2005, in that general vicinity of time, I was working for ESPN magazine and I was branching out and doing more television work at that time as well as print. And uh, there was, they were doing this NHL uh, live show on, uh, on Sirius satellite radio and it was uh, Sirius XM and it was a two hour show. It was at noon between noon and two and um i ended up jumping in and doing some shows and they had a, multiple different hosts work we'd all work with different guys but that's where i ended up kind of getting together with don and don and i ended up really having like i said i thought we had a really good chemistry we kind of hit it off um we i really enjoyed working with him and we had uh, greg baldinger who worked for the nhl at that time was kind of our producer in studio and the you know we really kind of had fun with it well like i always thought of it as like we just tried to make each other laugh and have fun and obviously be informative and entertaining, but like we played to each other. And I think when you do that, the audience listening kind of gets the vibe of like, you know, these guys really enjoy what they're doing and they want to, they kind of enjoy listening because of that. And, and, and also because of hockey, there's the less, you know, now it's different, but at that time there were really less avenues for people who wanted just to hear about hockey talk in any market you could pretty think of in the United States. So we had a pretty good following. We did it for several years. We went over to the, the simulcast together and did that. And then as, uh, as things changed, Don has had a, a, just a terrific career and working with Michael Kay and their afternoon show, they do a great job. And so they moved the show that we were doing from noon to later in the day. And so the times just didn't work out for him anymore, but uh, just a great guy. He's become a really good friend of mine and uh, he does a great job calling games as well. So uh, nothing but I got nothing but nice things to say about Donnie and, and his whole family. They're just terrific people. Yeah, it's good to hear that you guys are so close. And I really like how both of you guys are so passionate about hockey, doing what you really love. And to me, hockey's the best sport. I say it all the time. The show is called my show is called Ice Cold Takes podcast. And you can't get much more of an ice cold take than saying hockey is the best sport. It's better than baseball in the playoffs. When playoffs are coming up right now, those are the best. Like the, the NHL playoffs, there is nothing like it. Yeah, it's a great time of year for hockey fans. There's no question about it. Obviously, I'm biased. So, you know, I've had I've created a whole life out of it. I mean, when I was, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was a big sports kid. I loved doing all the different things, uh, playing baseball and basketball and street hockey and you know i didn't really get to play uh on the ice until i was in my young teenage years like 13 14 i was a goalie and you know i'll I'll tell you just a a funny story from from my perspective is we didn't have you know i grew up with uh, two brothers and my mom kind of in a one-bedroom apartment we didn't have a lot hockey's kind of an expensive sport it kind of always has been and for a goaltender it can be even a little more expensive now this is back in like the mid seventies. And uh, so I was kind of piecing together equipment that I could get old equipment from people. And, you know, I got down to one last piece of equipment and I, that I needed. And so I had my, 
my young face kind of pushed up against the fence at Murray's skating rink in Yonkers. And my friends were out there doing the learn to play thing. And uh, I wanted to, you know, I was eager to get out there. And one of my friend's fathers, John Caliendo Sr., came up, asked me, you know, hey, how come you're not out there? And I just said, yeah, I'm still, I need one more piece of equipment. And uh, he said, well, what do you need? And I said, uh, well, I need hockey, the goalie pants. That's the only thing. And he asked me how much they were. And at the time, they were like $35. I mean, that's probably a fraction of the cost now. But uh, and, and, and he went and he got me the goalie pants. And that was the last piece of equipment. And, just, you know, I was able to kind of start playing as a young kid on the ice. And uh, that was a random act of kindness that someone, you know, that someone decided to act on. And it impacted my whole life, really, because I've been able to make a whole life out of my love for hockey. And uh, so I'm really quite, quite fortunate and really blessed to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, I always like to, whenever I can mention John Caliendo Sr., his son John Caliendo Jr. was a friend of mine as a young kid. And that was just such a wonderful gesture. So at any rate, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to, to make the whole life out of this silly game. So you don't have to sell me on, on how good this game is and the playoffs are fun and the first round of the playoffs in particular with 16 markets in the mix. I mean, there's a lot going to go on in the next few weeks. Yep. And you're, you're, <laughs> so John buys you the pads, right? And then you become Henrik Lundqvist, right? Well, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't become Henrik Lundqvist, but I just loved to play and it got me going. And I ended up playing uh, in college, club, club college hockey at Pace University. And I grew up in like kind of the Billy Smith era for uh, the Islanders of goaltenders that would be hacking and whacking with that stick. And as I got better and I got to be, uh, you know, I was a feisty kid and I got into the mix a little bit. And over time, I got to be a better skater and, and I just felt like I wanted to be out in the action more. And so then I started playing uh, defense. I played center. I played all the different positions. I was fortunate enough to be captain of my college club team at Pace University and later coach there. And, uh, you know, it was a lower level, but it was certainly something that was very, very exciting for me at the time. And I look back on it now and it was a lot of fun. There's no question about that. So the goaltender position, that has a, like a, a meaning for you in your heart, right? That means more to you than all the other positions. Well, I'll tell you what. It's kind of where I started. And it's funny now because I've coached like my son's youth hockey teams uh, over the last couple of years. And I see young kids come in and, you know, who play goal. And, you know, I, it's hard for me. I can't really even teach that position anymore because it's changed so dramatically since you know the mid 70s to where we are now i mean the goalies are are instructed to play a completely different way and uh, they all kind of play that butterfly kind of style for the most part there's some guys who are really the old the, the guys who are veterans and the guys that have kind of the moxie know how to give you a little of the hybrid and kind of fool the shooters sometimes they stay on their feet longer which i think is probably a smart way to go about it to create some doubt in the mind of the shooter because the game happens so quick if you can make that shooter take one extra beat before he shoots the puck, you might have the advantage on him. And Marty Berger was really good at that. Marc-Andre Fleury has been good at that in more recent times. But uh, the position has changed dramatically in that time. There's more athletic guys that are playing the position. And uh, it's amazing to see how it's changed over the course of my lifetime. Yeah, athletic. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, Vasilevsky is the first person that sticks out, like the what, how he's able to make saves. You think of the behind-the-back saves that he makes with his glove hand, incredible. And Shesterkin, too, uh, not to be biased as a Rangers fan, but like yeah. Shesterkin, 
Uh, I saw someone say that he's kind of like revolutionizing today's goalie position because of how well he handles the puck. Like he's almost like a third defenseman back there. Yeah, he handles it well. I mean, the thing that that strand strikes me about uh, about Shesterkin is just the way he moves. He's almost effortless in the way he gets from side to side, and he's set for shots. He's, uh, you know, he's always square to the shooter. It seems like and he just makes it very difficult to beat him. I mean, he moves, and again, you know, Joe, I've been watching goalies play, you know, for many, many years, and I've seen many great goalies. And I don't think I was talking to Kevin Weeks about this. I don't really remember seeing anyone move quite the way that Shesterkin does. It's just an effortlessness and elegance. And uh, he is just square all the time. So he's definitely been someone that when I watch him, especially when I watch him in person, I've been like, wow, he's, he looks different. And, uh, you know, you can see he's had such a fantastic impact with the New York Rangers. I think in the, you know, in the New York area, I mean, I know it's definitely been a down year for the Islanders, but Shesterkin and Sorokin, two Russian goaltenders in this area, Sorokin has been lights out good as well in a kind of a different way that he plays. But uh, but there's no doubt that Shesterkin has been uh, has been fantastic. And what a, you know, what a way to follow 15, 17, 18 years of Henrik Lundqvist, uh, you know, to come now with Ilya Shesterkin. It's kind of like in you know, in Green Bay in football where you had Brett Favre for 15 or 18 years, then you have Aaron Rodgers after that. So uh, the Rangers are pretty fortunate uh, to have that kind of uh, lineage in goal over the past, uh, you know, going back to when Hank made his debut in the 05-06 season. And you could probably, you could you might be able to stretch that out even further back to when Richter was the goalie for the Rangers. Absolutely. They've had, uh, that's a great run. I mean, I know that there was a little bit in between there. Mike had had some injury issues and missed some time near the end of his career. But you're right. I mean, Mike was there and John Van Beesbrook just prior to him. And they were together for a short period of time. And, you know, I mean, I'm old enough to remember, you know, John Davidson's great run in 1979 and then Eddie Giacomin prior to that and Giacomin and Jill Villamuir as a tandem in the 70s were great. So the Rangers have had a number of great goalies when I think about the last, you know, 50 years of, of Rangers hockey. So Shesterkin, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, who knows, maybe Shesterkin will be the best of all of them. He's off to a great start. But uh, he's got a lot of work to do to be to, to match the numbers that Lundqvist put up in his uh, in his tenure. Speaking of Lundqvist, and within those last fifteen years, the Rangers were pretty much always a good team. They were always in the thick of the race. They were always a contending team. It wasn't until you know Lundqvist started to get older. Some of the other guys started to get older on the team, like Nash. Uh, you had uh, Kevin Hayes too. Some of the older players, right? Um, but I wanted to go back. So I used to watch NHL Live pretty frequently when I was younger. All right. and, yep. And God I bless re- you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I always remember you always had something good to say about the Rangers. Um, and I wanted to, to get your thoughts like on the team this year. Like, do you think they have it in them to make a deep run? Do they have enough pieces to to get far, maybe make an Eastern Conference final run? Well, you know, I guess have something good to say about teams when they're you know my job is to give you my honest assessment right and i'm sure if i was saying good things about the rangers it was i felt they had a good team if i didn't think they were that good i would probably tell you you know that's the way i try to look at it i try to be kind of an honest broker for the fans you know the fans don't always see it that way they don't always agree and that's great because there's you know hockey fans have passion and we're all allowed to disagree on these things you know so 
Um, as for this Ranger group, I think they've gotten better as the year has gone on. I think uh, Gerard Gallant is uh, a really uh, a, strong, a good coach and a guy that's had experience taking a team all the way to the cup final with Vegas a couple of years ago. I think his coaching uh, his coaching career, he has gotten better over the stops that he has had. Uh, you know, going back to other jobs to where he is now, I think he's certainly ready to take a team maybe all the way to the end and lift that Stanley Cup. Uh, they got a great goaltender. The defense has gotten better as the year has gone on. Uh, I love uh, what DeAndre Miller is, is doing. Um, Schneider is a terrific young player. He's only going to get better and better as time goes on. We know what Fox has already won a Norris Trophy. Trouba is a, a strong physical guy and kind of a leader with that group. Um, you know, so you go down the line. It's, it's a pretty good group of defensemen. I think Chris Drury has done a really nice job adding some pieces to the puzzle, like, uh, you know, Kopp and Vetrano to an already uh, pretty good group up front. They score on the power play. The playoffs, you know, you don't know, you know, how the games are going to be called sometimes, if there's going to be a lot of power plays, if there aren't. But I, I think the Rangers have gotten kind of better throughout the season. I'll be curious to see who they match up with in round number one, how that plays out. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen – Teams like this before, they're like they're really making their first appearance in the playoffs as this group, right? I mean, they had the bubble thing a couple of years ago. It's still kind of a different team. Sometimes that first go round, teams don't know any better, and they just go and they're they're loose there and they're they're competing and they're having fun. And they go on a long run. Um, other times, you know, the other school of thought is that you know you have to lose before you can win in the playoffs. And we've seen that play out a number of years with the Washingtons and the, and the St. Louis's and teams like that Tampa. So I'll be curious to see how it plays out with the matchups for them. But uh, I think they're a dangerous team because when you have a goalie like Shesterkin, you have a chance to win every night, very well coached, pretty deep group. You know, I, I don't know if I'd be that eager to play the Rangers. The negative is that, you know, as a group, they haven't had uh, playoff experience that maybe some other teams have had. But uh, I see them as a dangerous team. And, yeah, they're doing a lot of good things right. I mean, the play recently, obviously, they just came off three straight shutouts. I mean, against weak teams, but it's still three consecutive shutouts. You can't take that away from them. They went 10 straight periods without allowing a goal before they allowed – uh, three to the Islanders last night um, and I wanted to know it's amazing it would be amazing to shut out all these opponents but of course it's not sustainable but I think the way that they're playing their sharpness is sustainable so what do the Rangers need to do what do you think they need to do to keep up the momentum riding into the playoffs well I mean they got the four games left and they got Boston and you know, in Boston, and they get three at home. Carolina game on Tuesday night at MSG is going to be up. Could tell the tale as to, you know, who is going to be the first place team in the division and sets up the matchups. Montreal after that, and they finish at home with the Capitals. So three straight home games to finish. I mean, I, I just think they want to, and I think this is true of all the teams. I mean, they just you just want to be playing well. You want to be doing the right things, playing the right way, being on the right side of the puck, getting good goaltending, trying to stay as healthy as you can stay. I mean, to me, the playoffs are always about two things. I always go back to it. It's matchups, how you match up against certain teams, and injuries. How healthy are you? Those are really critical elements of the Stanley Cup playoffs. When teams run through, I mean, think of Tampa last year in the playoffs. Didn't have a ton of injuries. St. Louis the year before or two years before when they won, didn't have a lot of injuries. The same with the Capitals. You have to have some good fortune along the way. 
You have to find good matchups. I can remember in 2012, the year that the Devils went to the cup final, they didn't end up playing Pittsburgh or Boston in that, uh, in that play or, or Washington. I mean, those were teams, all three of those teams probably could have given the Devils trouble, but they ended up Florida in the first round, inexperienced playoff team, went to seven games, double overtime, the Devils won. The next round, they got a Flyers team that was emotionally drained from beating Pittsburgh, and they had it was a good matchup. The Devils played well against the, the Flyers in that, at that time. They won, then they got to the conference finals, they beat the Rangers, and the Rangers had been beat up from a couple of seven-game series prior to that, and I felt like, you know, that's where the Devils took advantage. So the Devils had, you know, they had the right fortune that year. They had good matchups. They stayed relatively healthy. They took advantage. They ended up going to the cup final. So those are things to keep in mind. So it will be interesting to see what the final matchup is for the Rangers. Will it be Pittsburgh? Will it be Washington? Might it be somebody else that uh, they end up playing in the first round? And then how healthy can they stay? So down the stretch, the key will be to continue to play the right way, try to stay on the right side of the puck, try to do those, you know, those shift to shift kind of things. Hope you're going to stay healthy and just be ready to go when the bell rings in early May. Yeah, and the injuries is a big concern right now. I mean, right now, Capo Caco is is day-to-day, as listed by the coach, Gallant. And Andrew Kopp and Philip Hedl actually left at the end of last night's game against the Islanders. And we don't they're out for Saturday, but we don't know how long that they are they're yeah. gonna be out for. Hopefully it's just precautionary for for Rangers fans. But in terms of the matchups, um, there's been discussion about okay, should the Rangers go make a push for first place? They have an actual decent chance of getting first place. Yeah. Many had assumed Carolina was just gonna take the division, but now it's just really close. The, right now, the the teams are tied in points. There's another matchup between the two at the Garden before the regular season ends. And you know, I for for my for my perspective, I feel that it, you should just win as many games as possible and worry about the matchups later. You're not going to play Carolina in the. I don't think you're going to play Carolina in the first round. I don't think that's possible. But I think yeah. it, it, if a matchup against Pittsburgh or Washington is is a good matchup. And I don't think it's out of the question, like Rangers against Tampa Bay or, or uh, against the Bruins. I think they played well against them this year. The one team that I think the Rangers match up poorly against is Carolina because they're that in-your-face kind of forechecking style of team. And I go back to that play-in series where they were absolutely dominated. And then even the first game against them this year, they weren't that good against the, the Hurricanes, the Rangers were. Um <laughs> And I, I I think that the Rangers should make a push for, for first place and that there's nothing to lose there. It's just I think what I agree with what you're saying about the injuries, though. I think that's the biggest thing. You need to make sure that all of your guys stay healthy, like Panarin and Kreider. If you lose one of those guys, it's a tough road ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's so unpredictable, right? Because the guy, they're going to finish the season. They're not, you know, unless someone has a, a nagging injury, those guys are going to play and you know, we've seen it play out before. Guys get hurt. It's just ill-timed, right? So, you know, there's not much you can do there except to play. Like I said, try to focus on your own game within your group. Role players, you know, playing their roles. Uh, you know, forwards and defensemen playing the right way. Hopefully your goaltender is, in, you know, is, is playing well. And in the case of the Rangers, Shesterkin has played well pretty much the entire season. But I don't think that's a big worry necessarily. Although, you know, he has not had a lot of playoff experience. So that'll be the... That'll be the one thing we always talk about goalies. You know, you got to see it. So he'll have, uh, you know, he'll have the opportunity 
coming up in a few weeks to start to show us what he can do on that stage. And I would suspect he'll do just fine. Um, you know, Carolina's a good team. The Rangers have had success with the Penguins. I mean, that's right now. If it ended today, they'd play the Penguins. They could play the Capitals. Uh, they both present different challenges. They're both teams with a lot of playoff experience. I think the Rangers have shown uh, down the stretch here, they handled Pittsburgh three consecutive times. And the only re- the only game they lost to them was a one nothing game. And that was Tristan Jari in goal. And he's out of the picture now week to week with an injury. We think it's a foot injury. So, um, you know, I think, and you know, this is the case across the board, you know, as fans and as media members, we look at this and we say, Oh, they want to play these teams. They want to play that team. My experience over many years talking to players is the players don't really care that much. They just want to be ready. If they feel like if they're playing well, they can beat anybody. And they ha- they know that at some point they're going to have to go through good teams. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out down the stretch. The game Tuesday night will probably determine a lot. The Carolina Hurricanes, I would say they have an easier schedule with uh, the Devils twice, the Islanders and the Rangers. But three of those games are on the road. The Rangers have three games at home. Um, so one thing I, one thing I always say about these games on the stretch, we look at them and we think we know who's going to win. One thing I do know is that I don't know. They'll play the games and we'll see what happens, but the schedule, I would say favors Carolina a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah. You got these teams playing spoiler. They're not, they won't go down without a fight. I mean, the the Sabres, I'll admit the Sabres like to, to push the, push their opponent's buttons make it yeah. tough on them. They've Devils... played well down the stretch. We've had in the West, we had the Ottawa the other night when it come back against Vancouver down two to win a shootout. I mean, the Devils went into Vegas and won an important game that Vegas needed. So, you know, you just never can be too sure how it's going to play out. But I think the Rangers feel pretty comfortable playing anybody right now. That's And that's a good thing. And, uh, and speaking of the playoffs, I think well, another thing that – plays a big role is X factors. It's just that one player on, on the team that just, you know, goes under the radar, then all of a sudden just kicks it into high gear. Like you think back to when the stars made their run to the finals, Kiviranta, that guy came out of nowhere. He has a hat trick. Yeah. What was it? Game seven. Right. And yeah. Against, against Colorado, I believe. Yeah. In this, in, was it the, I think it was the second round that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and then you you also look at on, also on the stars Kadovin he kind of get gets yep. pushed into a position where he has to carry most of the weight all of the weight and leads them to the the cup finals you know it's those players like that that kind of stick out and I think for me one of those candidates for the Rangers is probably Alexi Lafreniere did you see his uh, between the legs goal against the Red Wings oh yeah that was terrific uh, poor Dylan Larkin it sent him right to the injured list after that. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> He was dealing with something, and I guess he's finished for the year. But, yeah, that was a terrific play by Lafreniere. He's a highly skilled guy. I mean, when you're the first overall pick in a draft, obviously you're an impressive player. And he's been fortunate to come into a team where he's really supported well. Some of these number one picks go to teams that don't have the ability to support them. And there's a lot of – it's kind of a rocky road with different perspectives. So uh, he's been really good. You're right. I mean, that's somebody that could come up with some big moments in the postseason. I think the Rangers have a lot of guys that are potentially like that. At the end of the day, you know, the, the old saying is your best players have to be your best players. And, you know, there's some truth to that. But I think, you know, I think everybody really has to play to their potential or to the role that they've been asked to play. So that's really the biggest thing for me. And if if everybody plays their potential, I think you have a great chance to win. That's just uh, you need everybody pulling the rope in the playoffs. And I remember 
you know, that Ranger team that went to the final in 2014, I mean, that was a good example. They had a lot of different guys contributing. Right, yeah. And I think for Lafreniere, this season has kind of been, he's been playing all over the place. Like, he started in the top line, he got demoted, he spent some time in the fourth line, on the third line, and then he went back to the first line, then he got sent down to the third line. And uh, a lot of people have that, have a belief that Gallant is punishing him for not producing i don't feel that way at all uh i i mean he started him on the fourth line against the red wings and he ends up scoring two goals kako gets injured unfortunately but he gets pushed up to that line plays amazing and i mean i don't know what it is i just think the kid has has a lot of confidence right now and maybe gallant knows something that us fans don't maybe he knows how to push the buttons to make him work, to make Lafreniere work. Do you think he's been too hard on him this year, though, or no? No, I mean, I, you know, you got to remember, the New York Rangers have a lot of talented forwards, and Gerard Gallant is there to try to win. And this isn't a rebuild anymore. I mean, this is a team that's trying to win, and they've had a great year. They have a 108 points with four games left on the schedule. I mean, that's a hell of a year. So he's trying to win. He's trying to put people in a position to succeed. I think he understands with Lafreniere and some of the, you know, the younger players that, you know, he's going to, he's going to maybe look at them a little bit differently. I don't think it's a matter of trying to punish anybody. It's trying to teach him, you know, to to hold everybody accountable. This is the way you have to play. There's not going to be guys that are going to free lads and are going to play, you know, when they don't have the puck, there's certain things that are expected of you. And, like I say, they have a lot of good forwards on that team. So there's a lot of different uh, options that the coach has. Lafreniere has played, uh, you know, he's had times when, as you mentioned, he's really shined. And uh, he's a dangerous player. So it's good for the Rangers, no matter where they can put him in the lineup. He's somebody that, you know, in a flash can make a difference in the game with his skills. So uh, I think Gerard Gallant has managed a lot of this right. He's pushed a lot of the right buttons, and I don't have any question – you know, he's done well with Alexei Lafreniere. And if Lafreniere is smart, and I think he is, he understands, you know, what's going on and uh, his continued maturation into uh, what the Rangers hope will be a really high-end top six player. Yeah, and I, I mean, he's looked good so far this year. I, I can't say – I can't – I don't have too many complaints for him. He's definitely improved as we've gotten closer to the end of the season. Uh, I mean, there is times where he would he – would, not carry the puck in he would just dump it in and uh you know shy away from laying the body but now he seems to be more comfortable handling the puck i like that he has it more in the beginning of the season he wasn't getting many touches at all and it's just nice to see that his confidence is kind of soaring and he's able to pull off a play like he made against detroit that was just Wow, blew my mind. I've not well, seen anything getting, like that. He's getting more comfortable, and he's getting the maturation process. It's like anyone that, uh, you know, when you go to school, you don't start in the first grade and go to the sixth grade. You have to go through the process. And, you know, he's, like I said, he's fortunate to be on a team where they have it's a really strong franchise, and they have a lot of really good players around them. And there's real competition to, to, to get to move up the lineup. And he's got a really experienced coach there in uh, in Gerard Gallant. And so there's a lot of benefits for him. And, you know, he'll continue to grow and develop. I mean, you know, I'm reminded when you say him being moved around the lineup and here and there, I'm reminded of JT Miller as a young player with the Rangers because, uh, you know, JT, it took him a little longer. I don't, you know, he wasn't a first overall pick in the draft, but he was a first round pick. And, 
you know, I think that the maturation process took a little longer for, for JT, but I watch him now. And I mean, he is a force to be reckoned with in the Vancouver, with the Vancouver Canucks. And he's been as good as, you know, he's a top uh, 15 player in the league for me, the way he's played this year. So, you know, it's a maturation process and uh, Lafreniere is, is, is developing. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see a, how he gets used in the postseason, and B, you know, how he responds. And uh, this is someone that's played in big moments, you know, in different at different levels in his career. And now he's reached the ultimate level and he's going to have his opportunity to see if he can shine in the postseason. So uh, I'm excited for him. I agree. I can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs when the, the light is brightest on him. You had mentioned earlier that you were impressed by Braden Schneider and Keandre Miller, two of the Rangers' young defensemen. Yeah. And th- obviously the Rangers have one of the youngest teams, and those are two of the youngest players on the roster. But how good have they been this season? I mean, Schneider's just been outstanding since he came up, but wh- what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, well, Keandre Miller has been more a part of the team from day one, right? And he's been somebody that's really continued to, you know, again, same thing, mature and develop. Uh I've been really impressed with him. Uh, he's long. He can jump in. He's uh, He seems to read the game pretty well. He's got things to still work on, like all young players. But, I mean, he's, uh, he's come a long way in a short period of time to be, uh, you know, part a core part of that top four. And as for Schneider, I've been impressed with what I've seen so far. Uh, there was a lot of people that talked very, very highly of him uh, coming out of junior. And, you know, I talked to one uh, general manager uh, who told me, he goes, boy, I'm really impressed with that kid. He's going to be a star player. So, um, you know, again, there's competition there. You got got So Schneider doesn't have to come in and be overtaxed or overused. And I think it's one of the reasons, you know, they went out and they added uh, Justin Braun as, you know, an experienced guy for the postseason because, you know, Schneider, I think the world of him, I think he's going to be a really good player, but he's still young and he's developing and the Rangers are trying to win this season. And there might be situations and matchups where, you know, maybe it's best to go with Justin Braun and his experience over someone like Schneider. But he's a very, very talented kid and he's going to be around this league for a long time. And uh, when you think about having, you know, Fox and uh, and Schneider as two of your right side guys that are young players and really talented young people, I mean, that's uh, that's something to consider. Modern day stay at home defenseman is what I've picked up on Schneider. It's just he lays the body. He's not afraid to use his size. Very good poke checker, gap controls there. He kind of checks off all the boxes, which is inc- yeah. which is incredible because he's not even twenty one yet. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's still a kid. I mean, and you know, you think about where the season started, right? Nils Lundqvist was somebody that they were really high on and started the season with the Rangers, and now. You know, he had some injury issues, and he's still kind of in the mix. But I would say when you look at how things have gone, I mean, Braden Schneider's clearly taken that step ahead of him now on their depth chart. So, And that's no knock on, on Nils Lundqvist. I mean, he, he he might end up being a really good player, but he he maybe end up, Joe, being a, a player that the Rangers trade down the road for something else they need. Because, again, when you look at that right side, I mean, Truba's locked in for a long term on that contract. Fox is obviously not going anywhere, and Schneider looks like he's here to stay. So. That's a pretty significant group on the right side. You think the Rangers can make a big splash in the offseason, even though that they have uh, limited cap space? I think it'll depend on what happens in the playoffs, right? I mean, I think that they'll assess what happens. I mean, if they they can go on a long run and really like the way guys develop and feel like, you know, there's less things they maybe need to add. If they, 
you know, if they were to not play well in the first round and there were some disappointing performances, I'm sure that, you know, they evaluate that as well. I think, you know, the younger guys, uh, you know, Schneider's going to be a really good player. So I'm not worried about him. Fox has already won the Norris Trophy. So I'm not really worried about him. I just, you know, things happen in the playoffs sometimes. The game is different, uh, you know. So I think, uh, you know, the Rangers and all these teams, you know, the 16 teams that miss will be evaluating their groups as to what they have to do. The 16 teams that make the playoffs will be kind of evaluating on the fly as they go through things. And, uh, you know, I think Chris Drury is, uh, he's been around this game for a long time. He's been around winning in his life and uh, he knows kind of what he's looking for. So, and he's been dealt a, a really good hand. I mean, Jeff Gordon and, and the, and the Ranger management group has done a really great job of putting together, uh, you know, a lot of talented players in their system, both the guys that are on the Rangers and the guys that are in the minors, and some that are still in junior or in Europe or in college. So, you know, there's a lot to work with there. So I'm sure Chris will evaluate what happens in the postseason and then make the judgments from there. And, you know, of course, everybody is limited by the salary cap, so that will play into it. Yeah, and I – I agree with what you're saying about the Gorton. He get he got a good starting hand. That's very true. Gorton yeah. did a very nice job of laying the groundwork for for the Rangers. And I mean, it's it'd be inter- it's interesting to see, like you said, about like if they make a deep run, are they going to keep this entire team together? But what happens if they don't make a deep run? Let's say they get kicked out in the first round. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see that happen. But um, do they keep this the core intact? Ryan Strom's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and they also have Andrew Kopp that's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I mean they'll have to look at they'll have to look at the players that are, you know, that have to get contracts and where they stand there. I think you know the Ryan Strom thing is really interesting because he has such great chemistry with Artemi Panarin. But you know, what's he going to want to do? Is he going to want to maybe take a little less to stay? Is he going to test the market? Again, like it depends on what happens in the postseason. If if Ryan Strong goes out and has a great postseason, and the Rangers go on and make it to the final, or maybe win the Stanley Cup, I mean, it's a different discussion about what you do with them than it is if the team doesn't play well and he doesn't play well, and you know, then you have you look at it in another way. So they'll evaluate as they go. They'll they you know they know their cap situation. Um, you know, there's only a certain amount of money that you could spend at some point in time. Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's a situation. I mean, I, I, I like their group and if it's a, if it's a disappointing playoff for some reason, I mean, it's their first playoff as a group. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody will be looking to tear too much down. They'll be having to make decisions about players that they can sign and that's where they'll act. But as I, you know, as I mentioned to you, Shesterkin, young goalie, terrific, probably going to win the Vesna trophy. And that right side of the group is good. The left side is not bad either on defense. And I mean, this is a, this is a good team. And if for whatever reason it doesn't play out this year in the spring, I'm sure that uh, they'll assess and move forward with, uh, you know, most of these same players because it's a, it's a really good group to have. Yeah. Such a big improvement over last year. I think the additions are, I keep saying this Reeves and Goudreau just make a big difference on the team. You know, Goudreau's a, I call him a Swiss army knife. And Reeves is a really good locker room presence. Uh, I've seen more personality out of this group of Rangers than I've seen in like at all in the past like three, four years, which is a good thing. And I think Reeves has something to do with it. And to to go back to what we're talking about with Ryan Strom, I mean, I think he's deserving of a contract extension, his payday. But Andrew Kopp has come in 
and put on a Rangers sweater and immediately found chemistry with Artemi Panarin. And it's just incredible. That's been the talk of the town that he's able to find this instant chemistry with Panarin and able to score goals. He's got like 18 points in 15 games, I believe, since coming over to the Rangers. Uh, And before this, this is kind of a loaded question, but before Cop came into the Rangers, Panarin was kind of having uh, what some might call uh, a down year, even though he was producing. Uh, he's going to have 100 points. So, he's going I mean, to, yes. <laughs> he's got 96 points, and he got a few games left. So there's a good chance he's going to get to 100. He's, you know, he hasn't scored. He's at the 22 goals. So, you know, I guess people, when you're a great player, expectations. But at the end of the day, the numbers are there. He's a plus. He's been a, he's been a big plus player, and the team has had a great year. So, I mean, maybe next year I'll get 150 points, and everybody will be really happy. But you know, 100 points in this league is still a pretty good season. And uh, you know, he's been a really terrific player for them. I mean, they signed him at a big money deal, and uh, he has lived up, you know, to every ounce of that. So. You know, the question will be the playoffs where, you know, how he's going to perform in the playoffs. You know, the guys who make that kind of money, they're expected to put up numbers and we'll see how things go. I mean, Kreider had a great year. He's over 50 goals, right? How is it going to go in the playoffs? They're going to be able to keep clicking on the power play. Is he going to continue to keep having success in front of the net? I don't see any reason why he won't. Uh, he's been dialed in this year and has been terrific. So, you know, well, I would say, you know, let the offseason play out. I mean, there's a number, like you say, Cop and Petrano and, you know, and, and strong unrestricted guys. I mean, there's only so many dollars and Chris Drury will look at it with his group and, and they'll figure out what they need. Maybe there's somebody on the market that they feel could help them at a better dollar amount. That's better value. So it's always, you know, the players, all the players are that make it to this level are good players. The question is, you know, what value, you know, are they valued? You know, like a player at a million, not maybe the same value as a $4 million player. So, you know, in terms of, you know, the same guy, right? You want to get him at the right price that fits the salary cap and fits the need on your team. So, you know, I, I just think the Rangers are in a great spot. They got so many good young players. They got veterans that are producing. They got a great goaltender. They got a really good coach. I mean, you know, the guy who drives the Zamboni does a great job. I mean, they do, they, they got a lot of things going for them there. So, I mean, it's going to be really fascinating to watch the postseason to see who they play and how it works. And then, you know they'll make they'll evaluate from there. And it's all it's it's fun to watch as a fan. There's a lot of different directions they could go depending on how the playoffs go because they have yep. a lot of players in their minor league system that they aren't using right now that they could potentially use in a in a big package. There could be a big name team, yeah. and if they don't do that, the group of guys they have today is outstanding. Like I yep. I cannot ask for more. I love Vitrano. I love Cop, and to me. I know we know this. We know Panarin makes players around him better, uh, but Cop has played so well since coming over from the Rangers. And I wanted to ask you, like, do you think Cop has made Panarin a better player? Well, Cop is a good player. He was a good player in Winnipeg. He's a great acquisition because he's one of these guys that you can move him around your lineup. He can play on the fourth line. He can play on the first line. You know, if you need him to, I don't think you. You necessarily want him up there all the time, but you know what? He's had a really nice chemistry. Panarin is somebody that is such a good player. Uh, you know, it, it, if, if you're a smart guy, you can figure out, like, listen, just get to those areas where you need to get to, and, and he'll get you the puck. I mean, so it's worked so far. It doesn't mean it's going to work 
get into the playoffs. It's always guys are always kind of getting moved around. I think that the longer term chemistry between Strom and Panarin has been something that's impressive. And, you know, Cop is a guy that can get moved around depending upon who you play or where you need him. So, I mean, that's why he's so valuable. That's why he was a really good pickup for Chris Drury. Right now he's working with Panarin really well. But, like, again, he's somebody that you can put in different spots and he can really help you because of the versatile, versatile nature of his skills. And uh, he's got a little jam to him when the playoff games get nasty. I think he's somebody that can step up in that way too. It's good to see. I I wanted. I am interested to see how he plays in the playoffs because I know he's he's played in some playoff games with Winnipeg when they made some of their runs. I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's been around, and like I said, he's a talented kid. And you know, it was just a good acquisition for Chris Drury because uh, you know, again, this is a guy that. You can move him around. He can help you in a lot of different ways. And that's what you want. That's what Gerard Gallant wants behind the bench. He wants more options. He wants to have as many options as he can possibly have, depending upon the game situation and who the matchup is. To me, it seemed like a slam dunk trade at the deadline. Is that how you felt as well? And, and the deadline as a whole for Chris Drury, I thought he... Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was probably a lot of teams that were interested in cop because of what I just said. So, I mean, he's... Somebody that could help would have probably helped a lot of different teams, but the Rangers were able to zero in and get the job done there. And the, you know, the same thing can be said with you know, Vetrano's an interesting guy. He can finish. He's got a good shot. He gives him a little bit more juice uh, offensively. He gives him some another option for the coaching staff. He's a guy that can score from distance because of the shot that he has. So you know, he's you know, in Florida, they just uh, you know they're just loaded down there. They've had a great year too, so they could afford to to move them out. They had to address some other things with some injury issues they had. So, you know, it was a benefit for the Rangers to go get him. He's been a nice fit so far, and uh, you know, I think that the the additions have been really good. Again, so far so good, but we'll see what happens in May. That's when it matters. Who's the front runner for the Stanley Cup for you? Is it Florida? Well, I think I really still think Colorado is a team that, uh, you know, we're waiting on them, right? Now, the negative is they haven't even been to the third round yet. So it's not like, you know, we talk about them like they've lost in the finals in a couple of years, and they haven't. And so they got to find a way just to get past the second round. But I like a lot of the things they're doing. I've been impressed with Garth Kemper. I've always thought he was a good goalie. I think he's a big upgrade over what they had last year, even though that Grubauer played well. I think that uh, – I think Kemper's a better goalie. Um, I, you know, I like the way they they look right. You know, this season, so they're up there. Florida, Florida's kind of crazy. I mean, they've won twelve games in a row. They've had all kinds of comeback games this year where they've won. Um, but again, that's a franchise. You know, like they didn't get out of the first round last year, despite everybody talking about how much you know fun series it was with Tampa. They lost in six. So they're hoping to get Aaron Ekblad back. They didn't have him last year. Uh, you know, they're really deep throughout their team, and they feel like they can win under any circumstance. They're a team that kind of likes chaos in the game. They like kind of a crazy game. They seem to respond to that. So uh, so we'll see. But, you know, they're good. I like, I like uh, Colorado. I mean, St. Louis is rolling right now. They got eight guys with 20 or more goals. Their offense is really good this year. Minnesota's hard to play against, big and strong, and Billy Garrett has done a great job there. Um, you know, Carolina in the East is good. Tampa, you can't count them out. They've won twice in a row. They got a great goalie. They got all key guys at, at, at the best, you know, at their most important positions. So, you know, they're, they're a handful. I mean, I, you could make a case for eight or 10 teams to win the Stanley Cup. But I guess if, you know, push comes to shove, I, I, I do like what I've seen from Colorado this year. You know, we'll see if it's the year for them. 
Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. I think Minnesota and Calgary are like the two teams you got to watch out for in the West. Yeah, Flames are really good too. I mean, look at the Flames played the Rangers twice this year and beat them up both times. So that was early in the season. I, I went the Rangers are a much games. better team now than they were, but it was it was not a, it was not pretty as I'm sure you remember. So uh, the Calgary Flames are really well coached. They got a good goaltender. They got maybe one of the best lines in hockey with Kadrow, Kachuk, and Lindholm. Uh, that's a really good team. Like I said, there's I can make a case six, eight, nine teams that I could say with the right things happen the right way could end up winning the Stanley Cup this year. So that's why it's going to be a fun playoff because I don't think there's any really. There's not really one team to me that I say, boy, they're going to roll. I think there's teams that, uh, you know, everybody – it's going to be a challenge. Whoever gets through the 16 wins this year and uh, gets through these four rounds, they're going to have to earn it. Matthew Kachuk on the Flames is just an, such a dynamic player. He's such a game changer. When there was talk in the offseason of the Eichel, the Eichel trades, is it going to happen, is it not going to happen, and the Rangers were in the, those boats, I was on the sidelines screaming – Get Matthew Kachuk, get Matthew Kachuk, because he was he his name was floating around in rumors. That's a good thing that Calgary didn't end up trading him because they definitely would not be as good as they are this year if they Yeah, I don't think Calgary had any intention of trading Matthew Kachuk from the people I've spoken with. I mean, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. I think their hope is to keep him. I think their hope is probably to try to keep Johnny Gaudreau as well. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau a New Jersey kid that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, went up and played college hockey at Boston College. He's taken his game to a, just another level this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with just outstanding conditioning. Um, but he's been fantastic. So when you look at, I say, those guys complement each other so well. And Elias Lindholm, nobody talks about him, but he's a silky trophy candidate and really the glue to that, that line in the middle. So, you know, the Calgary Flames, they got a really good team. And, you know, like I said, there's a bunch of teams. I, I, I'll be really curious. Somebody who we think is going to have a long run is going to go out early. I don't know who that's going to be, but uh, we see it a lot. And I won't be surprised if it happens this year. The competition is too close. I could definitely see that happening, like a, like a Colorado or Florida if they get knocked out in the first round. Never know. Never know. Yeah, and I, I what you are saying about Colorado, we were talking earlier about how – you know, some teams need to lose first before they need to win. Maybe this yep. is the year for, for Colorado. They've made it to the second round for, what is it, the past few years. They yep. they And, you know, it just seems like they can't get over that hump. Maybe this is the year with the goalie. That was their biggest thing, the goaltender position. Well, and they've had this, yeah, they had a couple of years ago, they had, they had a bunch of injuries that, caught, that hurt them in goal and, uh, you know, last year they looked like they were on track and then, uh, you know, Vegas just found a way to beat them. And, uh, you know, again, I, I thought Grubauer was great in the regular season. I didn't think he was as good, particularly in that Vegas series. I mean, it'll be up to Kemper now. I mean, he's in the same boat as a lot of guys. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of playoff experience and, you know, he's got to be the guy that, you know, they, they, they hope can take him through four rounds of playoffs. So we'll see. Darcy is uh, is a heck of a goaltender, and he's a good guy. I'm talking to him on our show every once in a while, and you know, I want to, I'd love to see him do well. And you know, that's a really good team there. But like I said, I mean, I wouldn't be so quick to give the Stanley Cup to anybody because uh, anybody that gets in the playoffs, and we've seen it, anybody that gets in can cause you trouble and can take you out. So you got to be playing your best, and you got to hope you stay healthy. Last question for you: Do you think Igor Shesterkin wins the Hart Trophy? Uh, no, I don't. I think he wins the Vesna. Uh, I think he's had a hell of a year. And, uh, but I think 
for me, Austin Matthews, the year that he's had with nearing 60 goals, I mean, he might have got it already if he hadn't missed a couple of games of late. Uh, we'll see if he's back uh, this weekend. They got Florida and Washington coming up for the for the Leafs. Um, but uh, you know, for me, Matthews is probably is probably the favorite right now as we're a week out. But there's been so many great performances this year. Sturkin has had a great season. Certainly, somebody that deserves uh, serious consideration. Uh, you had Roman Yossi and Kale McCarr from the defenseman. There hasn't been a defenseman to win the Hard Trophy since 2000 when Chris Pronger won it. So. You know those two defensemen. I think are deserving of really uh, a lot of a lot of consideration. Johnny Gaudreau is 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 deserving of consideration. Um, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this league about Jonathan Uberdo uh, that have had great great seasons. So uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what the what the voters do. The Professional Hockey Writers Association. Uh, I used to vote for awards. Um, I don't vote for it anymore. And to be honest. Um, for me, I only really am concerned about the trophy they give out at the end of the playoffs, that big one that has the cup on the top of it. So, you know, the other awards are nice and we get to talk about them all the time. But I think, uh, you know, everybody's playing for that one trophy. So we'll see how things play out. Uh, I'm sure that Igor Shosturkin would much rather win the Stanley Cup than the Hart Trophy. I'll agree with you on that. But I'm going to yeah. disagree with you on, on the Matthews for the Hart thing. I don't know if that's right. who, I don't know if that's who you'd vote for. For, for yeah. the hard trophy. It is. It is who I'd vote for today because 58 goals, he scored, I think he had 50 and 50 games at one point or 48 games. And he's really driven that offense along with Mitch Marner there in Toronto. So I, you know, there's, but like I said, Joe, there's so many good candidates. I mean, it's a discussion for fans and everybody has their opinion. And I think, you know, all those guys I mentioned are all really good candidates. And if any one of them won the hard trophy, I would, you know, I wouldn't really, there's not much I could say. I mean, like I said, Johnny Gaudreau is having, he's like a plus 60 this year. And I know people don't care as much about the plus minus stat, but I mean, plus 60 is still plus 60. I mean, there, other people aren't plus 60. He is. So, you know, he's had an unbelievable year. Sturkin is at 936 going into action tonight. He's had a great year. Uh, Uberdo has got, I think, 80 some odd assists this year. And Florida has been at the top of the league. Yossi's been helping carry Nashville. Uh, McCarr has been great for 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 uh, Colorado. I mean, like I said, it goes on and on and on. There's been a lot of great performances this year, and you know, whoever wins it will be deserving, and I'll be happy for them. I'm pretty sure that most of those players agree with you on the one thing that's on their mind in lifting that's the right. Stanley Cup at the end. That's right. In yep. June, July, whenever playoffs. No end. doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, EJ, thanks so much for joining me. Ice cold. Right, well, who are you voting for before you go? Who would you be your guy? Who would I vote for? For Hart? For the Hart Trophy? I have to go with Chester. I'm sorry. I have to do it. Well, you're a Ranger guy, so that's that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just I've seen how the, the team. had a great year. Yeah. had a great year. The, the team, no the way question the team, about it. The way the team played early in the year, they were – if it weren't for him, we would have lost so many of those games. And yeah. I mean, recently they've kind of the narrative has shifted from the Rangers are only good because of Shesterkin carrying them every yeah. single game to right. the Rangers are an actually good team because they can score goals and defend against uh, a yeah. strong offense. And I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. I want to see the complete team, not just the goalie carrying. I saw yeah. that for like 10, 15 years with Lundqvist. 
<laughs> well, listen, it, you, you're, you're fortunate that you had that. Now you have a good goalie, and I think you have a really strong team. So we'll see how things play out uh, starting next month. It'll be great to watch. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all Closing next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.